Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS app development. I'm Marco Arment. And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. So today we wanted to uh, talk about something that is relevant for this time of year insofar as coming out of WWDC, looking forward to this fall when all of these new technologies, all these new platforms are you know, suddenly going to be released. This is usually a good time to think about building something new, to, you know, to build a new app, to explore something, whatever that may be. Um, and the first step in starting a project like that, in diving into building something, is, of course, coming up with the idea for what that thing is. Ideas are a funny thing. Uh, I think a lot of people put a bit too much uh, weight on ideas that you can kind of, you know, it's like you have the concept of like, Oh yeah, I'm your, I'm just the idea guy, kind of a mindset like there, that the idea in and of itself is an important and valuable thing. And while the idea is useful and an essential part of building something, um, by and large, the idea for exactly what you actually are doing is, is less important. And what you need to do though, is whenever you're, you have an idea, you have an, I think a, a thought of, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to build an app that does X. Um, at least I found it, it's important to have a way to look at that and say, is this worth doing? Um, how can I characterize this idea and understand if it's worth pursuing? And partly uh, what I think we're going to unpack today is about years ago, I did a, a, an episode of my previous podcast, Developing Perspective, where I kind of unpacked this and I came up with a framework there that I think is a helpful way to think about this. And I think it's still very relevant. And so hopefully we can kind of update the ideas in it. Uh, but essentially, when I think about ideas, it's to understand that, like conceptually, an idea is either easy or hard. Um, to, you know, in terms of to implement, like you have this concept of I wanted to do something. Is that is that a trivial thing to do, or is it a really hard thing to do? And then some ideas have a very high reward potential, and some ideas have a very low reward potential. And so you end up when you you know you now we have two axes and. Um, these sort of mutually exclusive directions. And so you have the perfect, like, you know, like business journal concept of like, now we have four quadrants and we can think about our idea in those four quadrants uh, because there's some interesting characteristics um, of taking an idea and thinking of it in that way. Like, is this easy, high reward? Is this easy, low reward, um, hard, low reward or hard, high reward? And if you can't think of an idea through that way, you're going to potentially struggle to know if it's a good um, idea to pursue. So before we dive into that, though, I was curious if, Marco, if you have ever, when you have an idea to, to, to start something, like when you were thinking of building Overcast or when you were thinking of building Instapaper or the magazine or any of your sort of the products that you went, ultimately went on to build, when you had the idea, did you think concretely about it before you started or did you just get started? At that time, for, for almost everything I've done, I've just gotten started on it. It's, it's only been fairly recent in my life and career that I've started actually trying to evaluate these things uh, in, in a more objective and honest way before I just dive in and, and devote months or years to, to doing them. Um, because it's, you know, evaluating your own ideas is really hard. And especially for, you know, for, for people like us who, who like to build things and, and who get pleasure out of building things, it is so easy and so tempting to just jump in and start doing it. And often, you know, and often, you know, that is, that works out well for a lot of people. Um, but there's also a lot of times where it doesn't because fundamentally there was some kind of uh, disagreement between how valuable the idea was in your head and how valuable the market uh, decides that it is once once you put it out there. 
And it's, you know, I, I don't know if you can really develop that skill to be able to evaluate your idea early. Uh, and, and that's part of the, the justification for doing like a minimum viable product early, where like rather than, you know, having having some grand idea that you think about for years and you just are waiting for someone to come along and, I don't know, pay you a million dollars for your idea or something, which never happens, by the way. Um, and I, I can do a quick diversion right now on, on the value of ideas by themselves. Uh, and basically any app developer, you, I mean, most of our audience has probably been pitched somebody's terrible idea before. Uh, and you know, they, they, they're like, Oh, I have this great idea. It's a secret though. You, you know, you got to promise not to steal it. Or they'll actually, some, sometimes they'll make you sign an NDA before they'll tell you their idea. Uh, or they, they will have patented their idea or they will think they are patenting their idea, even though they've only maybe just applied for one or are thinking about applying for one. Uh, and, all of these uh, common failings uh, reflect a, an overvaluation of, of ideas by a lot of people. And the reality is, um, these days, when people ask me to you know, sign an NDA or agree to keep their idea secret before they tell me their idea, I just say no thanks. Like, <laughs> just because what has happened over the last, I don't know, 10 years that people have been pitching me their terrible ideas, uh, is I have, I have literally never heard an idea from somebody that was worth agreeing to any kind of terms to hear the idea it has never happened not a single time um and and the main problem people have is like you know the the reason why their idea doesn't exist or that they that it doesn't exist and they just haven't heard of the product um is so often because it's a bad idea or because it's impossible uh or because the market doesn't care and uh, or you know the, the more likely case is that these things do exist and they just didn't notice or they didn't find the one that existed or something or it did exist but it failed and it went away and that's also something worth knowing. Um, so the the actual value of the raw idea, it is very very hard for people to to honestly get that. So as I was saying earlier, there is some value in trying to get something out there quickly in a minimal way that will let the market then tell you whether your idea is good or not. Uh, but a lot of times that just isn't possible or or the 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 barrier between zero and minimum viable product is just too high uh, to to be able to take a big risk on before you have some idea of how good an idea is. So you do have to at some point develop the skill of evaluating whether your idea is actually worth doing or not. And I mean, the the, the easiest way to do this is to just look at the market, look at similar things, because I mean, if nothing has ever been done like that before... Uh, again, chances are you're just not finding it. Um, but if truly nothing has ever been done like, that, done like that before, try to find something that's at least close or at least similar in some way. Find some kind of guidance uh, in the market already to see like what might the reward for this actually be, and and be honest with yourself about that too. You know, like I mean, I, I mean, you're probably the master of this because you have released so many apps. You have more experience than anybody I know in putting out an idea and seeing how it does in the market. I mean, how do you how do you address this? So I think the thing that I've come to learn over the years of shipping lots and lots and lots of apps is the degree to which while that the idea itself doesn't really doesn't really matter um ultimately. And by that I mean like there are many very successful apps in the App Store that don't do anything novel. Um at least like ostensibly, like they are a to-do list app. They are a weather app. Um, so like I, 
you know, like I've made a weather app, which is one of the most kind of absurd things to do in many ways, because all I had, it's like I'm going into a category where there's an actual like top level category in the app store saying <laughs> this is a category of apps. Like there isn't a to-do list category. Like they all have to get you know shoehorned into utilities. But with weather apps, like there is an actual place in the app store that says like, here's all of the weather apps with the implication that there are a lot of them. And there are. And they're all displaying what is functionally the same thing. They're just displaying it in a different way. And so why did I make a, a weather app? And it's like the idea I had um, for Check the Weather, the app I'm talking about, was like a very basic kind of concept of like I wanted to be able to uh, sl- slide, swipe left and right to see the um, hourly view and the daily view and swipe up to get a, a radar view. Like that was the only sort of concept that I had before I started, which as a like, I, if that's if that's all I have as my idea, is a pretty weak thing. Like that's not something that you would imagine is going to like set the world on fire. And it's so easy to have in like and I run into this sometimes with people who get frustrated with they say, oh, I wish I was indie. I just don't have a good idea. Um, like you don't really need an idea so much as you just need the willingness to build something, and then. And and this is where it gets a bit awkward sometimes from a developer's perspective, is like you have to work out not so much if your idea is valuable, so much as is like can you sell whatever it is you're building. Like at the end of the day, is there enough that's slightly different in whatever it is you're building that is going to get people's attention and you know ha- have a little hook? Because that's ultimately more what you're selling probably than the idea. Like if you really did come up with a truly revolutionary novel idea that uh, no one has ever thought of or or imagined before, like, wow, that's awesome. Like good on you. You know, you deserve your accolades, your Nobel prize. Like that's great. But more likely than not, if you're making an app for the app store, it's not that like the things that are these weird out of the blue runaway successes tend to be more, like random, like I almost imagined, like the idea for Flappy Bird, right? Like I, I doubt the developer for that sat down and said, "Oh, I have this great genius idea, like this bird that jumps up and down and then runs into pipes, and like this is going to be it." And like it turned out, that was huge. I don't think you could have characterized that as it being being huge ahead of time. And so, well, I think there's there's some amount of being able to to think about it. It's so important as like as a developer to focus on the thing that is going to be important isn't so much the idea. Like you can have it the worst idea, but you know, geniusly implemented and be more successful than the best idea poorly implemented. And so when I go through and I'm thinking about what do I, you know, is it, do I want to build something? It's usually either, you know, is this something that um, I like it's, it's, you know, it scratches my own itch, which is usually a great place to start for an idea that you have. Like, rather than trying to imagine um, a concept that's some that's like far off somewhere that like, I think people who do this activity that I'm not really related to, to, or, you know, think about will do and trying to like project yourself into that to make something it's like make something that makes sense to you. Have an, have think about the ideas that you have for products or things that are close and relevant to you that scratch an inch that like are doing something in a way that you want because at the very least you'll understand it. Um, and then once you have those types of ideas, like you just 
just like build it. And, you know, this is certainly the, like you call it a minimal viable product, or you could just call it like not getting too stuck in the weeds. But a lot of the way that I've ended up building things is I worry too, I worry a lot less about if it's a good idea. And maybe a better question is, is the, you know, could I make a good version of whatever it is I'm building? Like I have a lot of ideas for games, for example, like I have, I mean, I have a a big in my OmniFocus list, I have this big list of things that I, anytime I have an app idea, I put it in there. And I've been doing this for years. And there's a lot of junk in there. Uh, there's a few things that went on subsequently, like other people sort of implemented the idea that I had had uh, and were successful with it, which is always kind of a funny feeling. And I think that is where a lot of people's kind of secretiveness about things or things can come from that feeling of like, oh man, someone else did what I, you know, did my idea. It's like, well, that's simultaneous invention. This is just the way it always happens. Yeah. All the time. Uh, All the time. Like you're not as special as you think you are when you have your, your novel idea. Um, but mostly like I look at it like I have great ideas for games, but I don't know how to build a game and I don't (laughs) really want to learn how to do that. And I don't think that would be a constructive use of my time. And so I don't build those things and that's okay. Like those are potentially good ideas, but I would have terrible execution for them. So there's no point in me pursuing those ideas. What it makes sense for me to do, and this is the like the advice I usually give you know, when people are kind of asking me these types of questions. It's like, what do you think you could make a good version of? Like, what are you an expert in? What is a topic that you know more about than most other people? And there may not be a mar- like a business case or a market there. Um, which would be unfortunate. Like, ideally, you have this great expertise in an area that um, is relevant to a lot of people. Um, but if you, either way, that's a great place to start. When you think about, you know, is this idea like, could I build a good version of this? It's like, do you understand it? Could you, you know, do you use it a lot? Like, I met like the. I imagine part of why you made Overcast is because you listen to a lot of podcasts, and so you have a lot of opinions. You have a lot of ideas that are not the the big idea, and maybe that's maybe sort of ultimately where I'm heading with this line of thought is the the big idea, like the thing that you would like pitch somebody. The like it's like Uber but for dogs. Like, <laughs> that that version of the idea where you're trying to like boil it down. That's not the important part. Like the important part is the teeny little details that you're going to like, will go into actually building that product that will make it a, a you know a success or a, or a failure. Like those are the parts, the little choices that you're going to make, um, which you probably aren't even thinking about when you start off with like the grand idea. And so the quicker that you can get to a point that you can say, like, get, do I have a good ideas? way down at that basic tactical level for what, what am I doing that's different or interesting? Um, you know, which problem am I actually solving? Like that's where the really interesting work will do, will happen. And the sooner you can get to there, the better. Exactly. There's so much like fretting and focusing and anxiety about people's ideas, but it really does not like the idea matters so little, uh, or in many cases is so impossible to actually do like just doing something, Doing something boring well is way more valuable in general than than doing some crazy awesome idea. Uh, and and a little tip here: if, if your idea begins with "it's like X but for Y," uh, if X is something worth a billion dollars or more, just don't even do that idea because people will just like that means that that thing is so big that Y people will just use X for that thing. <laughs> It's just not worth it. Also, uh, 
there's also like significant scale issues of like you know saying some you know something like like your example it's it's like uber for dogs like you know how much is involved in starting a company like uber <laughs> it's like there's like immense scale here that it's it's so much easier to to uh do things that are within the scope of what one person or a very small company can do and so many ideas are based on what you see like in the consumer web and the consumer app world but those companies built themselves up to that over years and usually with millions and millions of dollars in funding and with very large staffs and also with a lot of luck and timing that that you probably won't have so it's important to contextualize your ideas too like just in in time and in scale uh you know like you can't build a new Facebook today because Facebook is Facebook and Facebook built Facebook 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Like it's a different time now. And so whatever the big idea is going to be that you can start as one person today is not probably going to resemble a billion plus dollar company that exists already today. Let me take a quick break here and talk about our sponsor this week. It's Braintree. Braintree makes payments and your job a whole lot easier. So why make payment integration more difficult than it has to be? Braintree's powerful, full-stack payment platform allows you to accept nearly any type of payment from any device with just one integration. It's flexible to your system's needs and supports most programming languages. So whether you're using Java, Ruby, or Python, you'll always have a range of server-side and client-side SDKs available. The Braintree code supports Android, iOS, and JavaScript clients, and it takes just 10 lines of code to implement. Braintree makes payments and your job a whole lot easier. Learn more at braintreepayments.com slash radar. That is braintreepayments.com slash radar. Thanks a lot to Braintree for supporting Under the Radar and all of Relay FM. Now, I wanted to talk about something that has bitten me before and that I think a lot of people don't think about, which is, so, you know, we just finished talking about how you should, you know, keep in mind your scale as one person or as, as you know, maybe maybe you have a partner or two trying to make an app with you, but chances are you're like between one and three people and you might you might also be doing this part-time while you still work a full-time job to pay the bills. So the scale of what you can do is, of course, limited compared to what somebody like Facebook could do, for, exa- for example. And you mentioned earlier, you know, like how you've, you, ha- you have ideas for games and I do too. And I don't make the games that I have ideas for for most of the same reasons you don't make the games you have ideas for, that we don't know how to make games. In my case, I barely even play games. And I might have an idea for a decent game that sounds like a good idea, but there's a very big difference between the idea and being able to make a fun game and then being able to make a fun game that's successful. And one of the problems, even if you you are one of the lucky few who can make a fun, successful game, a lot of times this the people who do this are bitten by a failure to plan ahead for what happens next, or at least are they're surprised what happens next in, in a bad way. When you're planning a nap, when you're thinking of an idea, when you're choosing what to do, also consider the end game. How does this story end if you succeed? Right? Because you know, you can you, you're probably focused on getting from the present day to the launch day. And what what can you possibly do to make this thing succeed or to make this thing good or make people like this thing? But then think about, too, what happens if you do succeed? <laughs> does that put you in a place that you want to be? And does this put you in a business that you want to operate? So, for example, you launch, you launch some kind of big game based on – or, some, you know, some kind of fun game based on a really good idea that you had. What happens in the App Store to good ideas – 
they get copied i think they get copied quickly and brutally and thoroughly and shamelessly copy i mean the 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 degree of copying the app store especially in games uh is is just brutal what happens if you have this great idea for a game you can put it out there you can even try to patent it or trademark it and try try to protect it on some level but your protections won't really work in the grand scheme of things uh and what if if you have a good idea if your idea succeeds at all it'll be copied immediately. So what would you do? You know, if you if you release this thing, like, are you planning for that? Are, are you aware that it's going to happen? Are you okay with that happening? What happens if it does happen? Can your business survive? Will your, will your projections about what this might bring in be changed if somebody else comes out with the same thing for free? You know, if you're charging something for yours or if theirs just succeeds more. Uh, you know, like, there, you, can, you can look at things like threes and 2048 and, like, there's, there's so many examples of this where, like, a big game comes out, but then somebody else comes out, or many people come out with like a free version that is similar, even if it isn't exactly the same. It could be, it could just be similar, and then that version gets way more attention because it was free, or because it just caught on better, or something else. So you have to plan for the immediate future of your app, of like what happens a month later, two months later, a year later. And you also have to plan for. What happens if this succeeds on an ongoing basis? Then what kind of business am I in? And what kind of uh, involvement does that require? What kind of overhead does that require? And is that something I want to do? And this is something I failed at in the past with the magazine in particular, where I was so focused on building the app, building the magazine's app, and building like the technical side of it and the reading experience, that I really didn't put enough thought into what happens if this succeeds, then then i have to put out a magazine issue every two weeks forever like that's a lot of work i have to be an editor i have to deal with writers i have to deal with people's pitches and and i have to you know deal with payments and processing and editing and rights management and all so much stuff and it's like that's a lot of work and i have no experience doing that and i do i really want to be obligated every two weeks to be putting out like a big book block of content and the answer of course was no um this similarly happened to me on a much uh, shorter but more intense time scale with Peace, my ad blocker from last summer, which is, you know, I, I released this app thinking that it would kind of fly under the radar, ding, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and thinking that it would kind of, you know, be a, a moderate success maybe, you know, maybe have a few tens of thousands of users at, at most, which would be a, a great success for most apps, um, and, and that would be it. And, and I would just kind of, you know, let it kind of run and, put it in low maintenance mode and forget about it because it wouldn't need much maintenance allegedly and i i found out very quickly first of all that that piece succeeded beyond my wildest expectations uh it was it shot up to the top of the charts and it was bringing in good money but it was also bringing in a lot of negative attention and exposure to possible lawsuits and reputation damage and all sorts of problems that it was bringing with me because it turns out the ad blocking business is just really messy and however you fall on the on the politics of that um it it is a messy business to be in and i i didn't quite uh, foresee that or or think about that enough before i did it and it turned out i hated being in that position it was it was like really really ruining things for me in a lot of ways just mostly like I just couldn't take the stress of it and and I was it was it was a bad scene. So I I hadn't properly thought through like 
is this the business I really want to be in if this succeeds? And I now, as I, as I think about current and future projects that I do now, I think a lot more about that also, which is like, you know, so for so much of my career, I was worried about what happened, you know, how would this thing fail and, and why would it fail and can I prevent it from failing? But you also have to think about if it succeeds, is that even where you want to go? Yeah, and I think there's so much of this too of there's this – I definitely run into this too. And in many ways, this is a problem that I deal – I think I, have, I deal with it from – I have a, a similar problem but from a different direction where I – like the thing that I don't keep into take into account typically is that if I build a product and I put it out in the store, people are going to expect it to be updated and yep. and supported and supported and, and like that's a perfectly reasonable thing. And I very like you know a couple of years ago I started to realize that like I've gone through this pattern of you know I have an idea, I built it, I put it into the app store so many times that the number of apps and things that I am responsible for is just too much like it's, it's kind of mind-bending that's like sometimes i'll you know be look, get a customer support email for an app and i'm like what app is this like, <laughs> what, what did i build this like even and, i forgot about this <laughs> like and that's not good right like this is but i definitely ran into that same problem and so as a result i am much more careful about committing to a project and heading down that road than i used to be uh like i can imagine like past past me would have been looked at this fall and been like, oh man, look at all this crazy stuff we can do in messaging. Like I need to have like 10 sticker packs on day one. I need to have any kind of thing I could ever possibly imagine for iMessage. Um, like just throw sort of like throw all the spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. And maybe that sort of works. Like there's something to it. Um, it's a viable way to sort of test out a market in in some ways but the difficulty is making sure that you're comfortable with what that looks like if more things stick than you actually are thinking will stick and being sure that you're like you're saying getting into businesses that you like because i think this is a such an easy thing to like it's so easy to underestimate the difficulty of success um, because you, it's so easy to just think of success as the, like, it's, it's the dancing in the meadow with, the, you know, it's like, it, it's great. Right. Every, everything just, this is exactly what I wanted. Like it's, it's popular. It's well-respected. It's bringing in money. Like what could be wrong? It's like, well, depending on why it's succeeding, um, or what it is, or the time, amount of time and effort that it took for it to succeed, you may not actually like that. Uh, like I think of two of, I had the idea when uh, a while, a while back that I wanted to, it's like, you know what? I, I think I could make a really cool feed reader. Um, this was even before Google reader announced that they were going to close and then started working on it. And then Google reader announced that they're going to close. And I was like, great, this is perfect. Like I've been working on this project and now there's this great marketing opportunity. So I went for it and like I made feed wrangler and well, I wouldn't say that I regret making Feed Wrangler, and it's like it's still ongoing to this day. Like it's it's been a successful product for me. There was a period where I had no idea what it would mean to actually like have a web service that's you know at any amount at any appreciable scale. And so I spent the better part of you know a few months like hardly sleeping, hardly seeing my family, like constantly dealing with server fires and scaling issues, and like that's great insofar as like. I released it and people liked it. Um, and so it was successful, but I wasn't prepared for that success. And so 
in many ways, that was probably not a great idea. And I think, and ultimately, a lot of these things kind of, in my mind, they feed back into this part of me that's, it's like the the classic, like, fear of missing out kind of a mindset, where when I think of, say, even Feed Wrangler, like, I, at the time, I had such this anxiety about, well, I have the ability to do this, and I could do it, and if I don't, like, someone else will, and they may be really successful, and, like, the fear of missing that opportunity may, clouded my judgment as to what I was actually getting involved in. And I think that is a pattern that happens very, you know, more often than we wished it did, where it's easy to focus on, like, like somebody's, like somebody this fall is going to make a sticker pack that's going to make thousands of dollars, almost certainly. Like, just look at the top paid list in the App Store and kind of it blows my mind a little bit, like the things that are making lots of money in the App Store these days. Like, the App Store is a weird place, but that's a topic for another day. But just because that's maybe true, it doesn't mean that I want to get into that business and be chasing whatever is going to be successful there. I need to be comfortable saying, you know what, I'm going to miss out. I'm going to choose to miss out on that potential opportunity and focus on something, a business that I want to be in, a business that I think isn't just a good idea, but is an idea that I want to live with going forward and can see myself being in this industry, you know, being in the, like right now I make health and fitness apps and I love making health and fitness apps. Like that's my focus. And I can see being in that focus for, you know, forever because it's rewarding. It's fun. It's personal. It's great. And like, that's the way that I kind of look at these ideas and say, are they worth doing? Can I live with it you know, for the rest of my life, ostensibly, or at least for the rest of my career? And that's what I didn't do with peace. And now I've learned. There you go. It's a learning <laughs> experience. All right. We're out of time this week. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And we will talk to you next week. Bye.